Yesterday, I had presented to you in the Fantline Bible study of a situation where there's a, there's a guy named Basil Wanasindu. Okay. Now, Basil said that the Bible is fake. And he posted online saying that there are contradictions in the Bible. I said, okay. All right. Let's put this let's put this to the test. Let's see if these are contradictions. And what I did, and I, I pose this to you all, um, line it up the account and the and the contradiction and see what you get from it. Now it's my turn, and I'm gonna show you what I got from it. And I unashamedly say there is no contradiction. Okay, first, and there are one, two, three, four, five, five so-called contradictions that uh, Mr. Wanasindu says there are. Now I'm sure he can think he can come up with more, but I'm calling him out on this and saying that he's wrong, and I'm about to show him why. Okay, account number one. <clears throat> he says that um, men have seen God. He goes to Genesis chapter 32, verse 20. Genesis 32 and 20. Okay, Genesis 32 and 20. Verse 20 says, And you shall say, Behold, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. Then afterward I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. <clears throat> okay. Now I've always said, when you read the Bible or when you read anything, Put it in a proper context from what you're reading, okay? Don't take it out of context. Keep it in context. Understand what you're reading, all right? 
And evidently, um, Mr. Wanasindu is taking things out of context. Here's why. Okay, from that verse, verse 20. Now, keep it in mind that <clears throat> in context, this is about Jacob and his fear of Esau. And he was presenting gifts or presents to Esau. In verse 20, is Jacob instructing his servants who he told to go in front of him and he told him what to say to Esau. And it's Jacob speaking about Esau in this situation. Verse 20, this is Jacob speaking about Esau. And he says, you shall say, and he's telling the servant, behold, your servant Jacob, Jacob is behind us. This is what Jacob told his servant to tell Esau. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. Then afterward, I will see his face. This is Jacob saying, basically speaking of himself, saying, I will see his face, meaning Esau's face. Perhaps he will accept me. He's talking about Esau. This is not, this is, this is, this is not even talking about God. Okay. Again, here's a situation taken out of context and you're not understanding, talking about Mr. Wanasindu, uh, not understanding what's going on. First, if you um, want, to want to refute God, you, you got to come uh, more correct than this, okay? Got to come more correct than this. <clears throat> okay. So with that one, then let's go to the next one, uh, Numbers 14 and 14. Okay, Numbers 14 and 14. Numbers chapter 14, verse 14. And it says, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them. And you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. <clears throat> now this is Moses speaking to God about how the people are being. Remember, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. And in this situation, um, eye to eye is a figurative situation. It's a figurative comment. God presented himself before the people as a pillow cloud. No one can, no one can see God because God's light is so bright, bright, he would blind you. Okay? Let's you gotta put that in, into play, into uh, perspective. His light would literally blind you. And you would you probably die anyway if you were able to fully see him. So he had to come in other forms. So it is another situation of not understanding what you're reading. And I keep saying this over and over again. When you read anything, 
even if, if it's a document um, written up by a lawyer or any, any, any legal issue or whatever, understand what you're reading. Go line for line, keep it in context of what is being, or what is being said. And then he says the contradiction is this, that and it says no man has seen God. Okay, let's go to uh, John one, um, chapter 1, verse 18. Okay. John chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> 18 says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Okay, it says no one has seen God. That, that's just what I brought up. You're not able to see God. You're not able to look at him with, with your visible eye. Okay? You can see him in your heart. Not with the naked eye. With the naked eye, that is impossible. So yes, no man has seen God. Now, you've seen God, or people have seen God in the form of Jesus. The sun. People, they've seen God through a pillow cloud or a burning, the burning bush like Moses did. But through the, the naked eye, as uh, Basil is, is trying to say, no, no. So, no, there, there is, that is no contradiction because you have to first understand what you're reading. All right, next one says, God doesn't keep anger forever, okay? God doesn't keep anger forever. Let's go to Jeremiah 3.12. Jeremiah 3.12. Jeremiah 3.12. <clears throat> and it says, go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will not look upon you in anger, for I am gracious, declares the Lord. I will not anger forever. And it's true, he will not anger forever. Now, keep it in context that this is God talking about being repentant. Being repentant is asking for forgiveness and working towards um, um, cleaning up your sins, trying not to do that sin again, having a mindset not to do whatever sin that was, and moving forward. This is what this is talking about. What this is talking about. You be repentant, and God will not be for angry forever. Keyword forever. He will not be angry forever. Because it's being placed in the proper context. Now, the so-called contradiction that um, Basil wants to say is that from Jeremiah 17 and 4, God keeps his anger forever. Okay, let's go to 17 and 4. So the 17 and 4. 
Jeremiah 17 and 4. And it says, and this is talking about a deceitful heart. And you will even of yourself let go of your inheritance that I gave you, and I will make you serve your enemies in the land which you do not know, for you have kindled a fire in my anger, which will burn forever. God is talking about when you are unrepentant, when you choose not to be of God, when you choose to set yourself apart from God, then yes, his anger will be forever because you chose to be apart from him, from him. You chose to go against him. That's what this is talking about. That's what this is talking about. Again, not putting things into context and just running off and saying that, and I'm talking about Basil here, who's making this, this claim that the Bible is fake. You have to understand what you're reading. You got to want to understand also. Okay, let's go to the third one. God creates man, then animals. And then he says, God creates animals, then men. Okay, let's start with the first one. God creates man, then animals. Let's go to Genesis 2 7. <clears throat> Genesis 2 7. Verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Okay. This explains that God formed man from dust. So in verse 19, let's go there. In um, Genesis 2.19, it says, Out of the ground... The Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to man, to the man to see what he would call them. He would, what he would call them. He brought, brought the beast to man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. Okay. Again, keeping things into context. So in verse 19, the correlation is that Every animal is also formed from dust, dust of the ground. Every animal is also formed from the dust of the ground, signifying man's dominion by having Adam name the animals. That's what this was about. Okay, That's what this was about. The chapter is not saying man came before animals. It's merely pointing out the fact that both came from the dust of the ground. And God wanted Adam to name the animals. That's what this is talking about right here. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's, see, again, this is, this is, this is, I keep, I have to keep harping this over and over. You got to understand, got to understand what you're reading. And if you don't dig more, do some research, ask somebody, or better yet, better yet, Get in touch with the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit will, your Holy Spirit will reveal the truth of what's being said. Okay? 
All right, let's go to the to the so-called contradiction part. So God creates animals and man. Genesis uh, chapter one, verses twenty-four through twenty-seven. Okay. And it says, <clears throat> then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind, and it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over <clears throat> all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Okay. And what did I say? 27? Verse 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So that right there is really not the uh, <clears throat> contradiction. It was the it was the in the order that everything was done. But like I said, the previous verse I spoke about is merely just making out a point. Okay, just making out a point. Okay, now let's go to the next one. Um, man can be righteous versus man can't be righteous. <laughs> okay, let's go to um, Genesis 7 and 1. Genesis 7 and 1. It says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter into the ark, you and all your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. And that's all that says right there. Okay. Basically, God is saying you you are righteous. From what I've seen, you ought to be righteous. From what I've seen, that's what God is saying. Okay, to Noah. Joe, uh, Joe two three. And it says. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him without cause. Now, in that, that doesn't even have the word righteous in it. But, but Basil, I, I see what you're trying to say in that, okay? I see, but like I said, it doesn't even have the word righteous in it. But I see what you're saying. I see what you're alluding to. Okay. And let's go to James uh, 5.16. James 5.16. And it says, therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Now, that word, those words right there, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. 
Okay, hold on to that. Now let's go to Romans 3.10 where it says, man can't be righteous. Okay. Romans 3.10. And it says, as it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. Okay. Very easy to explain. That's saying no one is righteous, but one can be righteous when they implement God into their lives, when they seek first the kingdom of God, when they have Christ as their Lord and Savior, when they acknowledge God the Father as the true and living God, and when they embrace the ways of God, the, the morality of God, and all that is God, then that man or woman can be righteous. When you attempt to do God's will, seek out the God's will, be about God's will, then that person can be called righteous. But Trying to do those things, trying to be righteous without God? No. No. Mm -mm. Not possible. Won't happen. So again, Mr. Basil, again, I say you've got to put things into context. You've got to read and understand. And if you're going to make, take or take shots at the Bible and God, you better come correct. All right, next one and last. It says, two blind men healed on the road. And then the other says, one blind man healed on the road. Oh, this is really going to be easy. Check this out. Go to Matthew 20 and 29. Matthew 20 and 29. This is really going to be easy here. Mr. Basil threw a, a softball, and I'm not, I'm not going to knock it out of the park here. Matthew 20 and 29. Okay, verse 29. Now, here's why I say also take things into context, too. Because I'm not just going to read 29. I'm going to read 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 30, and 34 to give you a better perspective of what's going on. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him, and two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by, cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd sternly told them to be quiet. And, 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 and let me go back a little bit. Now, if I just stopped at verse 29, as, as he said, talking about Basil, as they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Now think, think about that. Now, I just stopped at 29. So I'm going to help you out, Basil. I'm going to read the rest of, the, the rest of this because I know what you're trying to say, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to read the rest of this. And two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by, cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. 
The crowd sternly told them to be quiet, but they cried out all the more, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called them and said, what do you want me to do? What do, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus, Jesus touched their eyes and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. Okay. So he healed two blind men and made them see again. All right. So Basil is saying, well, I looked at this verse here and it says one blind man. Um, take out my glasses to see. One one blind man healed on the on the road. Okay. So he's saying that there's a contradiction. Okay. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10, verses 46 and 47. Okay. Matthew 10, 46 and 47. Now remember, the one I just came from was talking about two men. Didn't name any names. Okay, and it was two men. This particular situation, let me read first. It says, then came to Jericho, then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving, as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, talking about Jesus, and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I'll keep reading here, 48. Many, many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And, and again, I have to help you out on this, Basil, because you, you said 46 and 47, but I'm going to read more into it. To help try to help your story out, okay. 48 says, Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49, and Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up. He is calling for you. Verse 50. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Two different situations, two different stories, two different situations. One situation was two blind men got healed, weren't named. This situation was about blind Bartimaeus. He got healed. But yet, Basil is saying that there was a contradiction. No, no contradiction. No contradiction. It was confusion. Confusion on your part because you didn't want to take time to see what God is about. And you were in such a rush to try to somehow prove God wrong and prove the Bible wrong only to make yourself look foolish. That's today's Bible quiz. 
my Minister Marvin Fan. Peace. No said. All right, wait a minute. It's not over yet. Now, I want to add something else to this. I wanted to say that I got in touch with Basil. I uh, messaged him in Messenger. And I let him know that I did this this uh, episode, so to speak. I let him know that I refuted everything that he said the Bible was fake about. And I sent the the audio to him, or more or less, it was in a video form, sent it to him. And I told him to check it out, listen to it. Just like I took the time to check out what he said. I didn't try to rush to judgment on it. As a matter of fact, I held that this information for about two or three months. And I finally got down to it. And like I said, I took every step that he said that was fake, refuted it, re, um, re, re, rebunked it, so to speak. And all I asked him to do was do the same. Go listen to what I said and go into detail about it. And you know, he couldn't even do that for me. He, because I know that the, what I said was about uh, somewhere between 25 and 30 minutes long. He comes back about two minutes later saying that it's a white man's Bible <clears throat> that Jesus isn't real. Jesus is fake. The Bible is fake. And again, I, I reiterated to him, no, it's not fake. At least listen to what I have to say. He comes back to me about 15 minutes later. Same thing, you know, again, it's the same thing. So I got, you know, I got to the point where, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to go back and forth with this guy because He's not taking the time to listen to what I have to say. Now, I took the time to listen to what he had to say, but he doesn't want to do the same for me. So I, I, I kept my composure on the situation, but I, I, I let him know, hey, since you don't want to take the time to listen to what I have to say, then I'm done with you. Now, I pray that maybe one day you'll you'll see the light and you'll figure this thing out. But right now, you are very confused. You think you know what you're talking about, but you don't. And I said, I'm done with you. I'm out. <clears throat> well, in the course of an hour, he sends me more of the same thing, basically. So at this point, I said, you know what? 
like I said, I'm done with you. I don't even want to go into this. I'm moving on. So I blocked him. And that was that. Like I said, hopefully he'll get this one day. For his sake, really. Peace.